Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. Here we go. Um, before we get to the Raiders, buddy, we'll be out at the uh, West Regional Basketball Tournament tonight. You looking forward to it? We're, we're taping this on Thursday, but uh, a lot of cool hoops in town. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, obviously the, the games are great. And, you know, UConn and Arkansas being here, that's a great matchup. And UCLA Gonzaga may be developing into the, you know, premier rivalry on the West Coast and some great games between them, some really, really strong programs and um, the actual games are going to be great. And I'm, I'm very excited for it, but you know, the moment for those that, you know, I know a lot of people that listen to us are in Vegas, but a lot of people are from around other places. The moment is really what's amazing. I mean, the fact that, you know, the NCAA wouldn't even acknowledge Las Vegas existed. They weren't allowed to have conventions here that, you know, athletic directors couldn't meet here. There, there was nothing that they could do with Las Vegas. They had nothing to do with the city for so long. And now the NCAA tournament is actually here. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of big events in terms of conference tournaments, things like that. Massive, massive events, but this is different. And it's, uh, you know, a lot of other things are on the way with the frozen four and uh, Super Bowl and everything else. But um, this is a, a big moment for the city. So it's very cool. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, you're right. They kind of got past their hypocritical stance that they've had for years, the NCAA uh, and much like the NFL as well before the, uh, before the Raiders moved here with all the gambling issues and in, in their mind. And uh, you and I both know that was, you know, the kind of height of hypocrisy given what the reality is of the situation. So I'm glad it's here. Um, I think the atmosphere is going to be electric. These are teams that travel well. Gonzaga travels well. Connecticut travels well. UCLA's down the street, um, you know, and, and I'm not so sure about Arkansas, but we'll see tonight. But um, you got to be you got to be excited for the uh, the atmosphere because I I think I think it could be really electric, especially for that Gonzaga UCLA game. Yeah, and look, I know Arkansas and Connecticut have their fans, and UCLA does too. But you know, Gonzaga is used to coming here. People are used to coming down for the conference tournament, and it's an easy trip. And their you know their fans are rabid and crazy, and I kind of expect them to be the. Uh, the dominant force in the crowd tonight, but I, I think everybody else is going to, you know, give them a run for their money. It's going to be crazy. And, um, you know, I know tickets are very expensive and uh, it's tough to get in there, but, you know, the, just to appreciate the moment's going to be great. And yeah, looking around that arena and seeing all the fans and it's going to get us ready for, you know, what's to come in the NFL with the Super Bowl and um, everything else on the horizon that's coming to Vegas. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk some Raiders. We haven't uh, been able to do this for a few weeks, so uh, in the in the interim, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was introduced. Jimmy G, we were there for the introductory press conference. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts off the top on Jimmy G, uh, the signing. Um, I'm not sure you've given your opinion on what you think of the signing of Jimmy G and how he really came across. Um, you, you hear about this guy um, all the time. You read things, kind of this, at least publicly at least when he's in press conference uh, settings, kind of self-effacing. I've got to earn everything I, you know, I get, I don't want to be named the starter, all this stuff that you kind of wonder how much is there is, you know, how, how um, uh, I don't want to say legitimate, but you know, honest it is, he knows he's the starter. What did you think about the signing and how do you think he came off to the media? 
Yeah, look, I mean, first of all, are we sure he's been introduced? I feel like we're still waiting for that presser. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think that was him because his whole family was there. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it was a it was a long process waiting for the press conference. Obviously, uh, uh, for those that follow close, it got pushed back an entire day. We were just kind of waiting uh, for for hours and hours in the media room. So that was fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think look it, to say you know the the silly phrase he won a press conference like that's that's fine. I think it's easy to say and it's it's accurate for sure. Um, I don't think you can. I don't think you can do any major good in a press conference for the most part, but. You can be terrible. You can be awful. You can lose, you know, the fans. You can lose, you know, your teammates at, at times in a press conference. So um, he didn't do any of that. I mean, I think he was. He's the the book on him is he's very professional. Uh, he understands how to be a leader, how to you know deal with you know every every situation and say the right things and all that. And and you know that was certainly the case. Uh, I don't think there's any about that. So he came in and did exactly what you want to do in a press conference. And, you know, like we said, said the right things and uh, told the right people that he was you know, going to work hard and, and try to earn everything. And uh, whether, you know, that happens or whether he does that is, is to be seen. I think he will, but um, as far as, you know, not, not getting crushed uh, by what you say to presser, I think he, he did very well. And the signing itself, um, I, you know, I kind of waffled back and forth on it on, you know, if I thought he was a good signing for them. Um, if they draft a quarterback coming up, maybe I can see why they went that way for a couple of years, especially if the quarterback's not ready to play. You have a guy who's familiar with McDaniels, familiar with the system, unlike Derek Carr was uh, when McDaniels first arrived. And I mean, obviously they had their issues amongst each other um, between Carr and McDaniels, maybe Jimmy G will not have those issues between McDaniels because he knows what it's like to play for him. He knows what it's like to work for him. Um, but just the signing in general, why do you think – ultimately, let me ask you this. Why do you think they landed on Jimmy G? Well, I think for all the things that you said, I mean, I think it was pretty clear. Um, you know, I know it's become a joke at this point, but in terms of, you know, just bringing, creating Patriots West and bringing the band back together, like that is kind of happening. Like we've seen that. And um, it was very clear that the Raiders were hoping that Tom Brady was going to play another year or two, uh, and that he was going to be the one that comes in and he was going to be the one that came from New England to know, you know, Josh McDaniels and implemented here to be a leader. And um, that's what they were hoping. But they also knew that there was a chance that he was going to retire and he did. And so they moved on. And I think they kicked the tires a little bit on a potential Aaron Rodgers trade. Uh, but as we're seeing now, that wasn't going to be easy either. I mean, there's, you know, Aaron Rodgers has publicly said where he wants to go. The other team has said they want to trade for him and uh, the Packers still haven't been able to come to a deal. So um, that was going to be a, a crazy, wild, long process too. So, um, I think they, they they were interested in that, and then they moved on. And Jimmy Garoppolo was the the other choice in terms of you know coming in, implementing the system, being the you know the coach in the locker room, the coach on the field, the guy that you know puts everybody in line. And ultimately, if the plan is to draft a quarterback, which I believe it is on some level, I mean they've already said they're going to bring in a rookie, whether it's you know first round round or even after the draft, um, they want to do that. And I think that. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a much, much better potential tutor um, than, than um, you know, maybe Derek Carr would have been or maybe then many other people would have been. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I, I don't think – I just never kind of came off as Derek Carr would want to be in that position to be the tutor. Um, might be wrong, but I don't think I am uh, in, in that sense. I, I just don't think – I don't want to say he didn't have it in him, but that was not something he would have wanted to be put in a position for. 
Um, I think, you know, he never wanted there to be a, a insinuation that he wasn't the guy for the full time. And I think Jimmy G um, from what we saw in San Francisco understands what the deal is. He got himself a couple of years on the contract, got himself some nice money. And uh, I think he'll be very good to whoever comes in here. Like you said, whether it be before or during the draft or after the draft on who they bring in here is the young quarterback. I also, I, I, I watch them sign these defensive free agents and I try to go over what they've done at previous stops. And I don't know if this is unfair or not. And you can tell me what you think about this, but to me so far, it just seems like they've signed a lot of guys. Uh, and, and, and I know Dave Ziegler went on record saying, you know, not one big splash. They'd rather have, you know, numbers over these big splashes, money wise, these big names, but I'm not so sure. I think today they're much better defensively than they were at the end of last year. Now, maybe they're going to try to get a couple starters in the draft, which I think should be their goal. At least two starters in the draft, really good players. And we'll talk about your uh, mock draft coming up here, but I haven't been blown away uh, by the defensive guys they've signed. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong there, but uh, I want your thoughts on that. I just, I, I don't know how much better they really are on paper. You know, these guys got to come in here and compete for jobs and we'll see who who starts. But I look on paper and I've just, I've not been, I guess, overly impressed with many that they've signed. I would say the one is Duke Shelley. That, that's the guy that I think a lot, not a lot of people are talking about. Not a lot of people know he's not a big name. He hasn't had years and years of a track record, but um, I think if you look what he did last year, um, not, I think I know what he did last year was really, really good. Uh, so I, th I think he's a guy that, um, I understand that it's probably, uh, it's probably not exciting maybe necessarily. Um, but, but I do, you know, I do think that, you know, he's a very underrated kind of a sleeper type name that, uh, people are going to be very, very pleasantly surprised by. So, uh, you've got that, uh, there is, there is him. So if you want to hang your head on, well, what have they really done to upgrade? I think he's one spot uh, where there's an upgrade. But I think for the most part, you're right. I mean, I think they're just kind of filling some holes. And I think it's very clear, you know, as much as people don't, uh, you know, don't want to see it or, you know, as much as you, you want to say, like, how is this team going to win a title? Like, I think the answer is they're not. Uh, that's, that doesn't seem to be what the plan is. Now they're not going to tank. They're not going to try to lose every game, which I probably would think would, would be the best move. So, um, that's what I would want to do. But I think what they're trying to do is piece together a roster, uh, that could be competitive and that can, you know, maybe they're the Seattle Seahawks from last year. That's possible that you make a run. Uh, but that's not really the ultimate goal either. The ultimate goal is to try to find a bunch of younger players that you're developing to be competitive in the meantime. And then look at all the contracts that they're signing. Like they're not signing guys to three, four, five year contracts. They're signing a lot of one, a lot of two and, you know, guys that they can easily move on from. Um, it's, it's very clear that the, a lot of these guys are being brought in to just try to be competitive for a year and that you're, you're trying to build, you know, you got all these draft picks coming up. You're going to try to draft a bunch of players that you can develop. Um, you're going to try to pair them with the couple veteran you know, kind of pillars of the franchise that you have right now already on the roster. And then, you know, have a ton of, you know, cap room in a year and a two years to really start fortifying the roster at that point with a lot of the younger players that you're trying to bring in. So it, it's pretty clear to me that they're, um, you know, they're just trying to piece some things together, but really the ultimate goal is to, to not be tied down to a lot of different contracts in a couple of years. Well, isn't that uh, just redoing things every year then to be, to be eight and nine, nine and eight. I mean, 
how long do these guys get that that sort of leash with Mark Davis? Well, I think that's the problem. Like, I I honestly think you know deep down that they would love to to go you know three and fourteen this year and and, and just tear everything down, be awful, get a top pick, potentially be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, not draft a quarterback this year, uh, wait for next year and try to get him build him up for the future and then go. But I don't think that they have that opportunity because I don't think the fans and the organization have the patience to build things the right way. Which I think that would be the right way to do it. Um, and there's not enough patience. So you've got to try to be competitive right now. So, it's, so to, to your point of, isn't it just rebuilding all the time? It kind of is, but it's with the goal of, you know, we're signing, you know, we're signing whatever 15, 20 guys that are not going to be here. But the guys that are going to be here are your Max Crosby's, uh, your Nate Hobbs, those kind of guys, Merrick, potentially even uh, on the defensive side. Um, obviously, you want to keep Devontae Adams for a few years. Um, you're going to have other you know, players that you up there. But then it's, it's the guys that you draft this year combined with the guys that you drafted last year that are still developing. And then when when all of these young players that you've drafted the last couple of years are ready to all be starters and to compete, then you have this influx of, of available cap space to really be good at that time. Like that, that's the, that, that would be the goal of the way that they're trying to build it right now, which again, I don't think is the right way, uh, but the way that I think is the right way would probably get them fired. So there's, there's gotta be a balance of trying to find a way to be competitive while you are stockpiling junk talent and then being aggressive in a year or two. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. Yeah, I just uh, I hear everything you're saying. I just think it breeds mediocrity for a long time, and I'm not so sure that's what Mark Davis signed up for when he brought these guys in here. Yeah, well, I mean... The they're not going to win. So like, this team, there's no way going into this offseason that they were going to be able to piece together a team that could win a title next year. That just wasn't going to happen. So what would be, you know, th- the next goal would be to completely rebuild. Well, nobody's got the patience for that or the time for that. So I don't think the, the goal is going to be consistently mediocre. It's to be mediocre while you're building and then be really good in a year or two. Like that's, that's what the, the ultimate goal is. But again, it's a, it's a risky strategy because it's not the right way to do it. The right way to do it is to tear it down, but they can't do that. So if you can't win and you can't lose, being mediocre is probably the happy medium for a year. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure, look, I'm sure if you asked McDaniel, they'd say, hey, we want to win a title next year. But I just don't think that was ever a realistic possibility. So um, this is probably the next, the next best option that will allow you to stay around and and build the way you want to build at the same time, which again might not work out. I I don't know that it'll work out because I don't think it will, uh, because I don't think they're doing it the right way. But it's what the plan seems to be. I um wanted to talk to you also. We have not talked since uh, a couple of weeks now about Darren Waller uh, getting moved. Um, I think they've done a good job coming back with the moves they made to make up for Darren Waller. Um, how much did you put this on a football decision? How much did you put this on? There being strife between him and the organization, uh, some of the things he did they didn't like. Um, I think there was a sense that there was an aloofness there with Jer- Darren Waller. Was he all in on this team? Was he all in on the franchise? I don't know if that's the best way to make decisions on how to move on from a guy. 
But I do think the moves they've made since then has kind of made up for what Darren Waller was for them. So I don't have a problem with that. But were you surprised at the move? And what what ultimately do you think spurned this move on? Football decision or more off the field stuff and kind of this disconnect between him, McDaniels, and the organization? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's clearly not a pure football decision. Like, that's just not uh, the reality. I mean, it, it could be a combination of, you know, money and other things, but I don't really think that's it either. Um, I do think it's, you know, that he just didn't fit culturally in the locker room or what they wanted to do. But I think it's very evident, you know, um, there was a, a radio host that came out and gave his reason why. And it's not just any radio host. It's a former Patriots executive whose father is also the current offensive coordinator of the Raiders, uh, Mike Lombardi. So his kid is Mick Lombardi, but uh, Mike Lombardi came out and, and, you know, gave his opinion on what it was. And, um, you know, you can be pretty clear that this coming from the team, like he's not just making this up. This is the team right, telling right. him what to say. Right. And well, he said that he said that this all started because, you know, Darren Waller was supposed to be rehabbing from an injury and, and it was the bye week for the Raiders last year. And instead of staying in the building and rehabbing, he went on vacation. Uh, he went home and he went, you know, obviously we know that that's true because he was at a Padres playoff game with his now wife, Kelsey Plum, uh, during that bye week. And so that was and an did issue. You, did and, you see he went on a uh, podcast in New York, I think today or recently, where he said he did go home to propose to her? Okay. Well, that's interesting. Home, home, uh, meaning, her, home meaning her home in San Diego. Right, right, right. And so, and that, that, you know, that was that same week of, you know, them being at that Padres game. So that's very possible, but it's not just that either. I mean, he did, let's not forget it. We talked about it in the podcast. He did choose to go to an Aces game that she was playing in over going to a Raiders game last year. And when he was hurt early in the year, like that, that, that happened. Like that's not made up. That's not something that uh, was insignificant. That did happen. And I think it, it was an issue in the locker room. Even if people try to say it wasn't at the time, we talked about it being an issue and it was. And so um, there was a lot of those little things that happened where you can clearly see there was a divide between Darren Waller and the team. And, you know, I think, you know, Darren Waller is someone who I think as he should. And again, I, I, every time I say this, I say, it's not a critique of Darren Waller. It's, it's the reality. He cares about his mental health and his mental well being, And he knows how to prioritize that in his life. Um, and football doesn't seem to be number one. And I don't think it should be for him. Like he, he it's very clear uh, that he needs to balance his life better uh, than, than he needs to play football. And I think that that is important. And so I, I, but I do think that that did draw, you know, some ire of people in that locker room at times that uh, he was not necessarily fully committed to the team. He, he thought that his, you know, mental well-being was was more important, and I do too. Like I, I agree with him on that, uh, but that doesn't always fit in. So I think that was pretty clear. Uh, the wedding stuff was fun to talk about and part of it, but I think the wedding stuff was much more a symptom than a cause. Uh, I think you know, obviously, he scheduled his wedding on the same day. There was a major wedding on the team, and as much as we want to think that's silly and kind of a you know a great social media fodder. Like it is still a workplace, right? A locker room, an NFL locker room is a workplace. And think how it would go over in your workplace. If you're out there listening, if you're, if you're in your workplace, one person was having a massive wedding event where a lot of people were coming to the wedding and everybody knew the date. And then another person jumps in and schedules the wedding on the same day. Like that would be an issue at your workplace. It just would. And as much as we want to think it's silly and funny, like that, those things are real. Yeah. He said on the podcast uh, that he wanted absolutely no one to know about his wedding. 
um, that uh, after he came home from proposing to her, he did mention it to McDaniels. And then he said, McDaniels, obviously, I think it was at the combine is the one who mentioned it to the reporters. And that's how it got out. Um, but he wanted no one on the team or anyone to know. I thought, I thought that part was interesting. Yeah. It's, it's mostly, she didn't want anybody to know either. And that's fine. And um, let's also not forget that they had, that they had sold the exclusive photos to the wedding also. So that I think that was part of it, that they wanted to have this big unveil uh, yeah. with, in terms of being sponsored. Like all those things are, are true and they all happened and they were all a small part of it. And I, I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a zero part. Like if, if somebody said that had nothing to do with it, I think it was, you know, one or 2% of it, but it was definitely part of it. Like it was out there. Yeah. I, uh, I thought that whole thing was interesting. The podcast was interesting. He did say he went home to or her home to propose to her. Like you said, they were seen at the baseball game and there was some upsetness about that around the organization that he didn't stay and, and rehab and do what he had to do during a bye week real quick before we get out of here. Also, we should mention uh foster Morrow. Yep. Yep. Um, who, uh, you know, made his announcement yesterday that uh, while he was on his free agency tours, he was in New Orleans, he was taking a physical and uh, they discovered Hodgkin's lymphoma, which um, is obviously a form of cancer. It's, it's awful. Uh, he's stepping away from football, but um, obviously, you know, he's a guy that we've gotten to know here in Las Vegas and with the Raiders been here his entire careers the last four years. So uh, really, really, really unfortunate story, but um, you know, glad i think it's a very happy story that it was caught it was discovered and uh, he's going to get treatment for it and that's a good thing yeah uh prayers for him and i will say this good thing on those physicals being so detailed um you know you understand why it is you're investing a lot of money in these guys um but those physicals are very very detailed we know uh shay theodore the knights when he had his issue with with testicular cancer that it was also caught on a physical so these things are um are are very very detailed and and we're glad for it and obviously hoping for a uh, quick quick recovery for uh, for foster that's going to do it for our latest edition of unsportsmanlike conduct of the vegas nation sponsored by station casinos stn sports and presented by the las vegas view journal and blue wire Remember, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation three times a week. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there.